Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Well, a wonderful day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and you are listening to Questions About Heaven, the podcast in which we have dedicated the entire ministry here to talking about heaven, the God of heaven, the promise of heaven, the believers in heaven. Well, you're going to find it right here, my friends. And from the Bible, not from near-death experiences or visions. If you wish to find those, there will be other venues in which you can uh, uh, take a look or listen to those. But in here, uh, many, many people will contact me in the ministry here and say, what does the Bible say about this? Or where in the scriptures can I study that? And that's the dedication here in our ministry is to share those with you. And so when we start talking in the various angles of looking at the forever home of the believer, we're going to go into the scripture and find out what is the eternal destination of those who follow Jesus Christ and look forward to living and enjoying and dwelling with God the Father, Yahweh himself. So today, I had said that we were going to go back into the book of Revelation But I'm going to apologize. I am going to step it back one more time because I feel that there is something here that cannot be sidestepped. I have absolutely something wonderful to share with you. When we take a look at, uh, we go to someone's house. Let's say you're visiting someone's house and the the gentleman owner of the home uh, comes in. You might know them in a certain way uh, and uh, husband and wife, are there. You go to their their home, whether it's in a subdivision or a farmhouse or it's some dwelling in an urban setting. And when you go in and there's a gathering of people there, let's talk about the man. And when you see him, you might know him. Let's call him Sam. Okay, so one of his names is Sam. Well, then you also know his formal name is Samuel. Well, that's another name. And then when his family comes around, they might give him a nickname. Maybe he has been named Junior. Uh, Maybe he's a Samuel Junior. So he has a nickname there. Well, then the little ones come across the room, and they uh, clutch onto him, and they hug him, and they call him Daddy. But there might be an older one in the room, maybe upper teens, and they'll call him Father. Or someone else calls him Pa. They're more rural. And you have that. Then you have a brother coming over there and calling him Brother. Uh, you, uh, you, the wife will come over there, the spouse, and call him honey, or introduce him as my husband, Samuel, my husband. You have all these different names. Someone comes to the door to deliver the pizza, calls him Mr. or Sir. Do you get where I'm going? There are so many different names just for Sam here. We have different ways that we see him. When we sit down to eat, we thank him as he's standing there and cutting the carved beasts, so to speak, the turkey or the ham. And we say, wow, you certainly are a good host. And uh, we sit down later on, and we might ask him questions about a particular subject and say, you sure are gifted in this area. We find that he has a, a doctorate, a PhD in this, and so we call, some in, in the group call him doctor. 
And uh, somebody else has a nickname from him from work, Bud, something like that. Okay. So just in this limited illustration I've given you, how many names have we given to old Sam here? I don't know, 10, 11. Now think about this. We're heading to heaven. This is going to be our home. This is God's home. We're going to go to the temporary, the present heaven right now. And as we know in Revelation 21 and 22, we're going to the permanent location. That's going to be the new earth in which heaven comes down on earth. This has been prophesied in Isaiah 65 and 66, uh, the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, so beautiful that the former glory of the present earth will be forgotten, as it says in Isaiah 65 and verse 17. Revelation chapter 21 uh, tells us this is a new heaven surrounding a new earth. And it says in verse 5, the Lord himself says, I make all things new. And then we are the inheritors. We're the heirs to all of these things in heaven. We're going home. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, is when the Christian is absent from this body, they are at home with the Lord. We're going home. Jesus says this in John chapter 14. In my Father's home, there are many rooms. We've talked about this numerous times in the Greek. Oikia can mean in the definition home. And the word for what some translations say mansions literally means, Monet means dwelling places. All right. So we go into the home. Well, let's think about what we said about Sam. We see God the Father. We say, uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for our salvation. But then we also understand that the God that we're talking to is known as Yahweh. And among these things, he has so many different names. How many times have we talked about the different names of God? The God of heaven will have so many different names. We've talked about Yahweh Shalom, the God of peace, as we saw it displayed in Judges chapter 6. Uh, we see him. And indeed, as it tells us in Revelation 14, 13, we will have peace. We will rest from the earthly labors. Uh, we see that this is El Olam, the God of eternity, the God, the everlasting God, as it says from everlasting, everlasting, you are God. And uh, a thousand years, Lord, is as a passing of the afternoon. We see him as that. We look in Psalm 84 and verse 2, and we say El Kai, El Kai. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of Yahweh. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. We're not talking about some statued uh, on the mantelpiece, handheld God. We're not talking about a carved beast. We're not talking about a concept. We're talking about not the idols that people would have around them, but a living, breathing, wonderful God. The, the small carved images, Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 5 says, they cannot speak, they have to be carried. They can't go by themselves, they can't do evil, they can't do good, all right? But the living God, Isaiah 57 and verse 15, he inhabits eternity, all right? Now, that sounds pretty powerful, but that's not what I want to bring out. With all these different names for the Lord, have I got something great for you that I want to share with you today. Now, I'm going to take you over, as we're talking about heaven, and we step into heaven, we see these different names. We're reminded of a very majestic time of seeing a bit of heaven by Peter, James, and John. 
Peter mentions this. <coughs> Excuse me. If you go back, we've talked about this numerous times in our study, about a bit of heaven, a handful of heaven, being displayed to Jesus on, uh, from Jesus to the disciples and others through healings and such. But the Mount of Transfiguration, you're going to find this in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, Mark chapter 9, and verse 7, Luke chapter 9, and verse 35. So Matthew 17, Mark 9, and Luke 9, we'll talk about the time that Jesus was showing his Shekinah glory, his heavenly presence glory coming out of him. Peter then talks about this in 2 Peter chapter 1, and this is a most magnificent passage because I'm going to give you a name in which you can hang your hat and really ponder in your heart today and thanking the Lord in your prayers about it. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16, you know this as he's talking. Well, 2 Peter, the entire chapter is talking about this chapter, chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1. It's talking about growing in Christian power, Christian virtue. Uh, verse 10, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Uh, and, and it goes on, you, you, you will constantly remember these things, bring them to remembrance uh, uh, on here. Peter says in verse 12, I want to remind you of these things. This is so important. Why? Because he said, I saw the glory of God. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 16. Listen very carefully. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. What's he talking about? He says we. He's, he's talking about alongside James and John. He is, Peter's referring right now. We were eyewitnesses of Jesus' majesty when? He's talking about the heavenly glory that he had witnessed in the Mount of Transfiguration uh, when Jesus was with Moses and Elijah, uh, which I just said, and you can read it in Matthew chapter 17, Mark chapter 9, Luke chapter 9. Listen to the next verse. For he received, Jesus he's talking about, for Jesus received from God the Father honor and glory. And there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Well, now, wait a minute. There's something here I don't want you to miss. The King James Version has it in lower case, and he says, there came a voice from the excellent glory. Key on those two words. This is most powerful. The excellent. Their voice came from the excellent glory. So if you go over to the ESV version, it says this, sticking with verse 17. For when Jesus received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice was carried to him, born to him by the... Now they, they capitalize it. The translators of the ESV have it, capital M, capital G, the majestic glory. The voice came, coming to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We move over to the New American Standard Version which is very, very obsessive with the original language. And let's read this, verse 17. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such a declaration as this was made to him by the majestic glory. I now introduce to you another name for God, majestic glory. Isn't that wonderful? Majestic glory is the name here. I want you to think about this. It was made known to us. 
This word is megalopropes. Megalopropes. It comes from two Greek words, megas, meaning great. You know, we say we have a mega sale at Crosstown or something like that. We use it in the English. Mega. Prepa. Prepa means it's becoming. So it's saying something that is growing into greatness. It's talking about an impressive greatness, uh, a quality that's elevated and growing, an exaltation, going beyond what we can ask or think. Think about it when we talk about the exceeding peace that we can receive, Philippians 4, 7, that's beyond us. Uh, we're talking about something glorious. Uh, this is talking about something of splendor, magnificence. This is God. The word majestic, majestic in here is a wonderful word. This is uh, this was used in, the, in, in ancient times. Megalopropes was used, as we see in records, talking about uh, those high in politics. They would say something like, uh, Megalopropes, this is one who is coming into greatness. This is one who has so much of a of a transcendent personality. It's too much for us. And that's what they would say. Magnificence. We want to see this majesticness in here. And when we take a look at this, we see this is occurring. Um, you have the Septuagint. Now, that's the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament back in about 250 BC. This was taken over, taken in, in from the Hebrew into the Greek and the translators wanted to make it so that the um, Greek reading world would be able to understand this. And it says this, this word here is being used. And it ties in to uh, the De Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 26. Think about what we're talking about in 2 Peter 1.17. And it says this in Deuteronomy 33.26. They're going to use the same word in the Septuagint. There is none like the God of Jeshurun. That would be, uh, when, I, when I say that, that means uh, a fancy name, a, a very romantic name for Israel, Jeshurun. The God of Israel. There's none like the God of Israel who rides the heaven to your help and through the skies in his megalopropes, his magnificence, his majesty. We see this uh, used so many times, the majestic glory of him. When we see this, uh, Exodus chapter 16, verse 10, it talks about the glory of the Lord appears in the cloud. Uh, we'll see the excellent glory being used here. God in his glory. Can you imagine going into heaven and being able to be, as it says in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14, the whole new earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Now, we'll keep seeing this term, and I've used this before, Shekinah glory. Now, I do want you to know that the word Shekinah is not found in the Bible. It's not found in the scripture at all. It's a word such as, like, the word rapture is not found in the Bible. It's a word describing the harpods of the snatching away. It's a Latin term to give a, 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 a grand meaning for us to be able to grasp. And Trinity is not a word found in the scriptures, but we know the doctrine of the Trinity, the three and one. We've talked about Matthew 28, 19, and 20. All right, so the Shekinah glory is a Chaldean word, and it will use, it is used by Jews to talk about God's presence in both the tabernacle and the temple. 
it literally means a resting place. So when he is there, he is showing as he is in a rest, he is still in power too. Not found in the Bible. And uh, when the Jews were using it, the, the Christians came along and had seen the power of this word Shekinah. So they also used it as well. The visible, majestic presence, the divine presence where you would say like on the ark, between the cherubim, on the mercy seat, in the tabernacle uh, there, you would see the Shekinah, the resting glory, as we see there. We're seeing this, the Shekinah, the majestic, megalopropase, megalopropase, the mag majestic Shekinah. This is God in his the becoming to greatness, the huge, the elevating going beyond our comprehension. As we see something great and we see it, and, and it unfolds in our mind and our heart how fantastic this is. We are, do you see this here? This is not talking about the landscape of heaven. This is not talking about the looking down and feeling the muscular uh, uh, strength of us growing and the eternal, you know, the, the breathing of heaven and the feeling of the of the gravity of heaven, it's no longer something that is against us, or uh, experiencing the new time of heaven. The glory here is in seeing God, is in seeing God. I can recall in college being invited by some college friends to go up to Chicago. Uh, as you know, I grew up in, a, in my teenage years in a very, very small town uh, of about 900, and they took me down uh, after college. We were taking a, a break as I was getting ready to move out to California, uh, they said, well, well, come on by. And so I went up to Tinley Park and visited my friends. And they took me downtown for a day to go see Chicago. At the time, the tallest building in the world was the Sears Tower. Before we went into it, I walked up and I stood at the very bottom of it, put my hands against the wall and looked straight up at this. I think it's 103 stories. I can't remember exactly. And just overwhelmed by the height that almost made me dizzy just from standing there looking straight up. Then going within it and climbing up, not on the steps, but in the elevator, going up and up and seeing the lights of each floor were passing, going up to the top observation tower, and then looking down and just grasping how many people are in this building, how much steel was used, how much concrete, how strong is this, and, and, and all of those things, and just grasping the magnificence of this huge, huge building. And I, it was just something beyond what I could grasp here on this. I'm not an architect. I'm not a builder. But I can enjoy this magnificence. And so I think about this megalopropase. This was a majestic building that I couldn't grasp. It was just beyond what I could grasp. We're looking at heaven. And if we can think about this, and I give you an illustration, we go to the throne of God. We approach it as John did in Revelation chapter 4. And as we approach the magnificence of the throne in heaven, when we get there, whether by the harpazo, you know, the rapture, or we take it through leaving this life, uh, uh, through death and step there, we get into the throne of God. Can you imagine the magnificence, the megalopropase, the majestic glory we will see? Our, our eyes will ascend upward and upward and upward, more than just in measurable English units. But in looking up and understanding in our hearts, this is truly the excellent glory 
And we're going to be in resurrected bodies, which, is, which are going to be able to start grasping these truths, understanding these things, and, and rejoicing these things. Oh, it will be, in a sense, something that, so, I wouldn't say terrifying, because the terrifying is when we're in mortal bodies, such as Isaiah chapter 6. But megalopropes, this new name for God, majestic glory, we are truly seeing the celebration of heaven. It's God. The wonder of heaven, it's God the Father. The love of heaven, the explosion of love, it's God the Father. Majestic, coming into greatness, it means an ascending greatness of glory. God resting in his strength, his love, his might, his power. Wow, the name for God. So when you go to your Bible study, introduce to them this name, which many people might not be familiar uh, with which many people might not be familiar. Majestic glory, Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 17. We are so thankful for the many names of God that we can enjoy. You, you know, as we talked about, when we're going to heaven, we're realizing in full, we can call him Abba, Father. We truly call him, as it says in Revelation 1, 8, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We see Jesus as Christos, the name for the anointed one. El Elyon, God the Most High, El Olam, as we talked about, Psalm 90, the everlasting God, El Shaddai, all of this done by the Almighty God with us. Just so many wonderful names we can enjoy. And here's one, Megalopropes, Megalopropes, the majestic glory, that's the name for God. Hope this is something to open up your heart and mind you go into prayer today, thank the Lord for this name of great joy and wonder, Majestic Glory. His name is Majestic Glory. Thank you so much for joining me here on Questions About Heaven. This is Brad. I'm so excited to tell you about our, the introduction of our website in just a little bit. We're starting our Zoom classes in October. Uh, in the evening time. Looking forward to that so much. And if you'd like to uh, join me on it, I have a couple more days. I can squeeze you on in there. Thank you so much. God bless you. Lord willing, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's x-u-l-o-n.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.